Hey, this is Thor from Cybrary. If you've been enjoying the Cybrary podcast or one of our other series like 401 Access Denied or Go For It with Sarah Moffat, then make sure to like, follow, or subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. And we'd love to hear from you. Join the discussion by leaving us a comment or review on your platform of choice or emailing us at podcast at cybrary.it and you could be featured in a future episode. From all of us at Cybrary, thank you and enjoy the show. Hey, this is Sarah Moffitt. I'm a leadership coach, and this is your bi-weekly reminder to go for it. I'm here to help you gain the confidence, consistency, and courage you need to go for it, whatever it is. This is a podcast produced by Cybrary, a company that is all about going for it. They've revolutionized the cybersecurity education experience, and I'm excited to hang out with you and Cybrary today. All right, y'all, it's Monday. It's time to stand up, get yourself together, and let's go for it. Hey, everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Go For It with Sarah Moffat. I'm so psyched to be with Jonathan Album today. Uh, Jonathan is amazing. And he's going to tell us some great stories. He is currently the federal CTO of ServiceNow and he's formerly the CIO of USDA. Welcome, Jonathan. Sarah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. It's I'm so excited to talk to you. We know a million of the same people. Mm -hmm. And so this is actually our first time getting to have any conversation. So this is going to be great. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got to be where you are? Sure. Um, You know, when I think about how I ended up at ServiceNow in this uh, CTO position, I never could have predicted that this is where I would be when I started my career out of college. Um, I, uh, I, I, I would love to say that I had a grand plan, but I didn't. I, I ended up, uh, you know, I went to the University of Virginia and I studied um, systems engineering. And when I finished my um, college education, I, I did what most of my you know, Pierce did, we got jobs in consulting. I worked at Pricewaterhouse and um, learned a lot about uh, doing professional services and working on projects. And, you know, I, I stayed there for a while, ended up at a small business, uh, a company called Ventera Corporation for, for a bit. And um, while I was at Ventera, I worked on a project for the USDA Food and Nutrition Service around the food stamp program. Now it's called SNAP. At the time, it was food stamps. And um, I got to know the program and some of the people involved and, you know, really, really liked it, but I didn't think much more of it than um, there'll, there'll be another project. But as that project um, progressed and, you know, it had it was a challenge project for a while and we were able to turn it around. We had a great team. Uh, I had a inquiry by the uh, person who was the chief information officer about whether or not I'd have any interest in joining the government uh, and being becoming um you know, a deputy CIO in the, in the agency to maybe wow. continue to develop uh, some of the, some of the work that we were doing and uh, improve the organization. I was really flattered that he uh, said he was posting this position and thought I should apply. Um, but I had no intention of ever joining the government, right? You know, uh, I was just, wow, what a, what an interesting opportunity. So I, I took it, um, I applied and, uh, you know, I was successful and I became the deputy CIO uh, at food and nutrition. And, you know, eventually, um, that led to the CIO position. Um, and I was at food and nutrition service as a, as a, as the deputy CIO and the CIO for five years, um, as a fed. And, uh, that 
you know, eventually um, led me to look at uh, an opportunity at the General Services Administration. And um, I knew some people there. It sounded interesting and, and bigger, more complicated. And uh, I thought, well, that's the right next step, you know, for me, this more challenging kind of environment. But, but one of the things that I found was that GSA, while certainly very different than uh, Food and Nutrition Service at USDA, and the budgets were bigger, um, but we were having all the same kinds of uh, challenges and the same kinds of debates inside the agency. But instead of talking about a, you know, a five hundred thousand uh, dollar project, it might be a five million dollar project, and it was all the same kinds of things. I had learned all these great things about you know running an IT organization, managing in the government, uh, while I was at uh, FNS, and um, you know it sort of you know dawned on me that if I had a chance to return to USDA at some point because I felt really close to the mission I'd, I'd want to. And, you know, eventually, um, you know, I had a unique opportunity to return to USDA and work for the Secretary of Agriculture, um, Secretary Vilsack, who happens to have returned as the secretary in this administration. And I, I worked uh, for him on a, on a very important project to him and trying to figure out uh, the right way to use this uh, technology for the best um, outcomes at the agency. And, you know, I, I gave him some uh, recommendations and uh, some, some advice, which he, uh, which he took. And uh, we became, um, you know, we worked uh, pretty closely together and he eventually, he appointed me to become the chief information officer for, uh, for USDA. But it was all uh, these different steps along the way that, you know, seem like they make sense now, but there was, um, you know, some, uh, good luck uh, in there to have those opportunities. But at the same time, you know, it's the go for it podcast. There were times where yeah. I take a, <laughs> uh, take a leap. And, you know, uh, like when I decided to join the government, a lot of people looked at me and said, why would you join the government? You're doing, you know, really well at this company and you're, you're have a, a nice path forward here. But if you join the government, it's going to be hard and this, that, you know, learn all these new things. Well, you know, that was, um, uh, you know, a hard decision to make, but it was the right decision for, for me. And in retrospect, I learned so much working in the government uh, yeah. over 11 years. And, um, you know, when I was working for, um, you know, for the secretary, after I returned to USDA, I remember I had to give him some, um, you know, some recommendations. And, uh, you know, I wasn't sure if I should, you know, w- what I should recommend. Um, but I went with what I thought were the uh, right things for the agency and for the taxpayers, for the farmers and ranchers that we served. And, um, you know, it, they were, um, it was in kind of another go for it moments that this is the right thing to do. I'm going to put it down on paper, even if it, you know, is hard to do. And uh, I think that when, uh, you know, you do a thing like that and it works out, those go for it moments give you yes. uh, an opportunity. And I'm, and I'm sure, uh, you know, in retrospect, that was a very important moment in my um uh, in my career, because it it set me up to be um, a real leader at the at the department. Eventually, you know, became the the chief information officer, uh, working for uh, Secretary Vilsack, and that um, that was a springboard into all these kinds of opportunities that I had when I when I left government, including uh, coming to service now. It's so it's so cool. I, I when you take risks like that, and I think anytime you take a risk, you're telling yourself that you believe in yourself. And it's just a, it's, it builds confidence mm-hmm. so that you, so that when somebody asks you a question, you've just got this little bit of extra boost that sets you apart. Honestly, that's the kind of thing that sets you apart. But I wanted to know you have had a lot of success in your career. So you're talking about 
you graduated from college, you went to PwC, then you went to Ventura, I think. Mm-hmm. What was it, do you think, about you or about your character or your or your work ethic or your skill set that made them look at you and say, hey, you want to be the deputy CIO? Like, how would you how would you characterize what it was about you? And, you know, how would you role model that to somebody else? Well, I think when you're um, looking at positions in, you know, the federal government, it's, uh, you know, being able to align to the mission of the agency is really important. And, you know, the period of time that I worked um, as a, you know, I've been tearing these projects for the Food and Nutrition Service, and you get to see the impact that, um, you know, SNAP program has you know, it was something that, you know, became very meaningful to me. And when I, um, I remember when I was talking to people about this job and becoming, becoming a Fed, I talked a lot about uh, the mission and the fact that in my family, we have a history of public service. Uh, my father was a social worker. Uh, my mom was a teacher, uh, brother and sister who are also teachers. And the idea that um, serving the public is, is very important um, in my family and to me personally. And this was a way to, um, to do it in a, uh, where I could, you know, connect back to um, a, a mission that was meaningful. Food and Nutrition Service has a long mission statement. We'd like to say, you know, uh, FNS helps needy people eat better. And that's such a noble mission. And the idea that I could be a part of that, you know, was, um, was inspiring and empowering to me. And it's one of the reasons why I felt like I should take this chance and, you know, move from the private sector into, into government. And, um, being so closely tied to a, a mission like that uh, has, uh, I think, a big impact on how you do your work. And one of the things when I when I eventually became the uh, CIO for uh, USDA, and even when I was at you know this FNS CIO, it was making sure that we could connect the work we were doing in IT to the mission outcomes. It was always really important to me. The idea that uh, you do your work. And um, it's it's IT for the sake of IT, or I'm just building a server, or I'm just you know fixing a computer, or, or building a system. You know that that misses, I think, the most essential part of um, you know the f- federal employment and the federal IT communities. That that IT is there because we have government programs that need it. We have citizens we serve, uh, whether it's federal, state, or local government. You know that that uh, person at the end of the benefit, the the um, you know, the, the public relies on government to do certain things for it. And when you can use technology to make those digital citizen services more effective, when you can help a, um, a public sector employee be more effective at their job because you've given them modern technology or a new way of doing business or you've created, uh, you know, you've given them data they need to make better decisions. Well, you've, you've done something that has a much bigger impact than you can imagine. And, and seeing, um, you know, the mission in action, going out into the field and, uh, you know, visiting a food bank like we would do at Food and Nutrition. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, when I was the USDA CIO, you visit uh, a chicken processing plant, the Food Safety Inspection Service oversees these things and understand what the people in the field are doing and how, do they, how does technology support that? 
um, you know, go, uh, you know, you, you tr travel to a, to a farm and see, talk to a farmer, how they interact with USDA and how they're trying to run a business. And the, you know, that mission is just so comprehensive. It touches the lives of all Americans. And, you know, USDA is involved in almost every aspect of the domestic economy. It it's, it's so comprehensive. There's almost a place you, there's almost nowhere to turn. You can't see some aspect of USDA. Yeah. When you think about the work we do in technology as, um, you know, uh, as, as part of that, I thought I always felt that was really inspiring, and I always try and talk about that and encourage people to see the mission in action, get out of the office to the extent they can, and and get some more perspective. And you know, when I'm uh, you know talking to my colleagues uh, today at ServiceNow, we talk all the time about the mission of the agencies that we serve, and the reality is that when we go into a conversation and we talk about IT or we talk about HR or we talk about you know these technical administrative issues, if you if you just talk about them, uh, you know, it sounds it sounds good and we're very knowledgeable and the, the software could do all these great things. But when you connect those great things to that mission outcome that can be improved or serving um, a citizen or serving, you know, a member of the public and getting them a benefit they need or getting them help in a, in a critical time, uh, that's the difference. And that changes the kind of conversation from, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a vendor to the government to I'm a partner. And advisor, mm -hmm. we can have a, a real conversation about how together, you know, we we really fulfill a mission that's uh, really vital to the United States of America. That's inspiring to me, and and it shows, it shows how important it is. I mean, you know, probably half of the world has read Simon Sinek's Why. You know, start with Why, mm -hmm. but so you have that right. You understand, I'm here not just to program this thing, not just to, you know, harden the security of whatever, not, not, there's no just in there. Like you're here to serve the greater mission. And I think that's something that anybody can do at any level. They can do that to inspire their, their teams, to inspire themselves. So super important, right? That no wonder yeah, and, they look and, to you. And I think it's an important part of recruiting in the federal government too. Yeah. You know, we bring we need to bring in people into the federal space who, you know, have diverse um experiences and backgrounds. And sometimes, you know, maybe in the technology space, it's not um as interesting as going to work at a technology company. But when you position it as you're serving the public, you have a mission behind you, like helping needy people eat better or educating uh, children or, you know, serving a veteran, yeah. you know, pick your, pick your um, curing cancer, pick your, pick your mission. That's important right. to you. Now your work is elevated. And I, I truly believe that there's a, um, you know, there's such a value um, around that fulfillment that, you know, self-actualization kind of doing the work that I like to do. And I'm doing it for this reason that, you know, yes. sometimes that overcomes maybe, uh, maybe a, um, become overcomes money or some other kind of status or something, because you're doing something, you know, bigger, uh, than, than yourself. And I think it's, you know, the most important recruiting tool that we have in the federal government. It is. And it's, I mean, for people who are starting out their careers, you're not going to get a big flashy job. You're not going to get to take those trips out to, you know, wherever to see it. So you really have to motivate yourself. You really have to wake up in the morning and tell yourself, like, I'm going to go do this job. I'm going to do it to the best of my abilities. I'm going to do it because at the end of the day, it's going to serve a greater mission. It's going to allow me to, you know, connect with people, what, whatever it is, but it's really important to know 
why you're going to go do what you're going to do. Did you have, I mean, you, you talked about your mom being a teacher and your dad doing social work. Like, where, did you have other role models in your technical career that you think made a difference and helped you achieve the success that you had? Well, um, you know, when uh, I, I can remember being on my first project at Pricewaterhouse and um, it was a visual basic project for an insurance company. And, you know, I was taking all these visual basic courses. And I remember telling the, one of the managers, I'm going to be the best visual basic developer mm-hmm. in the world. <laughs> she looked at me, it's like, um, <laughs> that's, that's maybe not how you want to focus. <laughs> you know, um, there's like lots of other technologies that, you know, either are more important and guess what? And then over time there'll be other ones we don't even know about yet. What you want to be focused on is thinking about data and thinking about business processes and how, how do we make, uh, this organization work better. And uh, whatever the technology is, that'll change. But if you focus on data and you focus on business processes, you'll always be a really valuable, you know, person um, on a project. You know, this is early on in my career. It was very uh, important that uh, that I kind of heard those things because, yeah. you know, it gave me um, a bigger perspective. And as opposed to, you know, those first, because uh, at Pricewaterhouse for about five years out of college, at that time, you know, you can try and specialize in, in a product or something like that. But, you know, I was more about the data and the business process, understanding how it all worked together and how does the, how does that data flow between organizations and, uh, you know, across them. And, you know, a lot of what we do now at ServiceNow is think about how the data and the work flow and how do we improve how the data and work flow inside an organization. So these things that I learned, uh, 25 or six years ago, which seems like so long ago, are things that are still really important. And, you know, ServiceNow didn't exist. Lots of the technologies that we rely on today didn't exist. And, um, but what this, this manager told me uh, is still super valuable inf- uh, advice that I give all the time when I speak to people. It's so smart. I, when I think about, you know, I'm, I think a lot of people that listen to this podcast or watch this podcast might be early or mid career. And I wonder if anybody's ever told them things like, Hey, if you're, if you go into your next role or your role today with the mindset of not just the problem you're solving today, or not just the technology you're working on, but number one, figuring out how, what you do serves the greater mission. Number two, figuring out how, what you're doing is impacting how data flows and learning those business processes, it opens up a whole world of possibility to someone. Otherwise, you're just kind of like Dilbert in your own little cubicle doing your own little thing versus having this worldview Mm -hmm. of how things work. And that I think that's something that really sets you apart. And that's great advice. Right. And a lot of it goes to having a um, being in a mission-driven organization and making the mission part of you know, the way you do your work and why you do your work, like you said earlier. Yeah. And, you know, at, at, at ServiceNow, we talk about, uh, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, we have a purpose and our purpose is to make the world of work work better for people. You know, that that's, um, you know, a, a great vision. And, you know, I, I, when I talk to people about what we do at ServiceNow mm-hmm. in a, um, uh, from a, from a government capacity, I like to say that we make the world of government work better for public sector employees and the people they serve. You know, I want I want someone who is uh, who is a uh, working in a government agency to have the best you know experience using technology to drive that mission outcome and to make sure that they can serve the people who are their customers 
which might be might be a you know a member of the public, it might be another government agency in the best way possible. And when those things are um, working, and we can we can make the administrative parts of our jobs less complex, we can really be focused on the mission, and we can be really focused on the outcomes. That's we continually. I come back to those concepts as you know uh, motivators for you know the people mm-hmm. who work with the government and our teams as. Uh, ideally, you know, ways to think about their work that gives it more meaning and um, helps them be more connected to the people they serve. Yeah, that's, it's, it's so smart. And I don't know that I've even ever thought about it. I remember several years ago when I was working at HHS, I remember thinking that we needed to do a better job in the, in the CIO shop of helping people in the, you know, security operations center, whatever, understand how what we were doing was impacting the American people. Cause it's so far removed when you get to like the headquarters level and stuff like that. And you're saying all the things. Right. It is far removed. And I think we should acknowledge that. Um, yeah. And it takes a few, it takes some thinking to make these connections. And, yeah. but when you do, it's really valuable and it's really powerful. Um, I think that is one of the hardest uh, jobs of any leader in the federal government to make yes. those connections. Uh, and when you're in an administrative service like IT or HR or facilities, contracting, it's either, you're even a step or two removed. Right. Uh, and when you work at a place like a GSA, which is serving all of the agencies, you're even another level or two removed. Yeah. But, but those connections are there. And um, the more we talk about them and understand them, the more meaningful our work becomes. And when people have meaning find meaning in their work, they're more engaged. When they're more engaged, they do a better job. And, you know, we, we work with the government uh, as uh, an industry serving the government or as federal employees, state, local employees, and we're, um, you know, more engaged serving the public. We're making the world a better place. I realize that sounds, you know, uh, it might sound uh, uh, naive or silly to some, but I really believe that. Uh, it takes a lot of a lot of people doing lots of little good things all the time to drive an improvement. Things don't just magically change and all get better. It's incremental. That's, that's my, my belief is that, you know, life, uh, work life, personal life, all these things, they improve little by little. Um, but it takes lots of good, uh, steps and good actions to, to do that. you know, it's like, um, trust you build it in, you know, drops, you know, over yeah. time, but you know, you can, you can, you can lose it very quickly, but you build it slowly. I think that's the same thing about creating, you know, big, good, strong organizations and good, uh, you know, uh, trust in government. Think about it that way. You build trust in government over many uh, years of positive actions and experiences and customer experiences, but you could lose it very quickly uh, as soon as, um, you know, you have a bad experience or you, you're not treated well um, by a program or something like that. You can suddenly think it's all bad. So um, it takes everybody kind of rowing in that same direction to, to make it work at all levels of government and, and people who work for the government, people who work or companies that serve the government. It, you're exactly right. I mean, I wholly agree with you. And, you know, like, as I'm thinking about your story and what you've shared, it sounds, it, it seems to me like you have made some really intentional choices. You know, it wasn't like, you know, oh, I'm just going to go in here and see what happens. It's, you know what, I'm going to intentionally stop looking myopically at um, visual basic. Is that what you said? Or something? Was, yeah. That's, yeah. That's I, you know, like I'm not going to, I'm not going to focus on this thing, right? I'm going to take this, this, I'm going to intentionally look at the business processes. I'm going to intentionally work with my staff as a leader to share the mission. Right. But, you know, I, I got 
advice to do those things. Yeah. And I followed the advice, right? Yeah. You know, sometimes you, you have this great idea on your own, but I think oftentimes uh, these ideas and directions I've gotten um, and followed through on because someone um, recommended it, or somebody mm-hmm. I worked with and trusted, somebody who had, you know, wisdom, you know, yeah. or they were more experienced than me. And I, I listened and um, you know, that, uh, to me, that has made a big difference. Having, you know, good people around me who um, have uh, been thankfully invested in my success and took time to share their perspective with me and give me some ideas and advice. And, you know, I try and do the same with others. So we talked before, before we started recording about the TED talk that I did, which was um, modern mentoring, how to create your own roundtable as legendary as King Arthur's. Mm-hmm. And to your point, it's like, it's about, it's about being intentional about who you surround yourself with, about seeking out advice from people who have been where you want to be, finding those role models, and also being open because advice comes, you know, when I, when I went back to college, it was just like a fluke. Like somebody was like, Hey, if you do this, this will happen. I'm like, Oh, all right, I'm going to go do it. Right. So you know, just being open to those possibilities, being willing to go for it, take those things. So, mm-hmm. I, so I want to ask you one last question. This is the big one I, that I really want to know, which is um, looking if you looking at you from 25, 25 years, right? So you said it's been 25, 27 years. So you're looking at you 25 years ago. What would you today tell you then that you think would have been a game changer? Slow down. I, I got the advice to slow down. Um, from different people over time. And I think slowing down and taking a strategic pause every so often is a really Mm. powerful thing. I think it's, it's the idea of, um, changing from reacting, uh, to something, to being able to respond to something and that slowing down could be as simple as pausing and taking a deep breath, maybe two deep breaths and then, you know, engaging, uh, not, slamming out an email, um, in response to something so quickly. And it's not to say that, you know, I, I, I always do what I, you know, always do that. I, I try and do that all the time. And most of the time I do, but, you know, I, I was, I think I'm wired in some ways to try and go fast. And, you know, when you go too fast, you create blind spots and those, there are things that will knock you down. You don't even see coming. And, you know, when you slow down, you have, an opportunity to think about it. And by, and when I say slow down, I don't mean go slow. Um, uh, what I, what I mean is pause and think about what you're doing. Maybe ask some questions of, uh, or get some advice, uh, you know, recognize that something doesn't have to be done today. It can be done tomorrow. It gives you a little bit of time and space to think about it. Um, the, uh, the younger Jonathan, um, and when I say younger, I mean, like three years ago, younger, even (laughs) would be rushing. And, you know, in that rushing, you can make, uh, you can make mistakes. You can, Mm -hmm. uh, miss opportunities. You could be, um, you know, uh, setting yourself back. Even if you think you're, you're getting an extra thing done, you'll be ahead. Well, maybe you didn't do it right. Maybe you have to redo it. You see this with projects. You see this with, uh, organizations, you know, they're, there is a value in the concept of a strategic pause, uh, personally and professionally, organizationally, and in your personal life and your family life, so on and so forth. Uh, that that advice, I think, is um, served me very well. I have to remember to do it. It's not my natural um, inclination, but when I'm, 
you know, really present and I'm really, you know, thinking about my work and I'm thinking about the world around me and I can remember to breathe. Um, and, yes. you know, I get a lot of that from yoga. I like to practice yoga and that's made a big yeah. difference in, in, uh, in my, in my life, physically, personally, professionally, I think when I can, you know, rely, fall back on my breath and, you know, just collect myself and then do whatever the thing is that I have to do, whatever that yeah. is, uh, yeah. it could be a work thing. It could be a home thing. I do it better. And, um, I do it with more intention to your point. And, um, you know, sometimes I might not do this thing that I thought I had to do because I really thought about it. You know, there's a book, um, you know, that uh, I refer to sometimes, probably another one a lot of people have read uh, by Marshall Goldsmith, What Got You Here Won't Get You There. And, yes, I'm reading right, it right now. That's right, so, so funny. So there's a, there is um, one of the, you know, one of the many things he talks about in there is asking yourself the question, is it worth it? You know, is it worth it to have this conversation with this person right now? Is it worth it to send this email right now? Is it worth it to make this organizational change or, you know, to, to, you know, be uh, really firm on this, on this particular issue. Mm -hmm. And the answer is, you know, maybe, which, you know, goes back to my consulting days, you know, maybe, or it depends. So it might be, but, you know, I, I, I take from that, taking that strategic pause, thinking about that question, is it worth it? And making a decision. It doesn't mean no, but it means that you should ask the question and make and decide as opposed to just doing it. You know, that's the that's the pause. That's the slow down part that I think is really powerful. I think of it as a as a real superpower. And I'm a, I, I am confident that my um, uh, you know, that Jonathan album is a better person because of this, you know, pausing, slow down, being reminded to do it. Uh, even when I don't, you know, I'm like, oh, I should have, and I'll do it better next time. <laughs> oh man, that's, that is, uh, I think the best advice, a great, a great ending for this amazing podcast. Listen, everybody's going to want to come and work for you. Everybody's going to just uh, be so excited. Uh, this has been a thrill. Thank you so much for being on this show and for sharing your wisdom and your story. I really appreciate it. You're amazing. Oh, Sarah, thank you. Uh, this is a great opportunity. I've enjoyed our conversation and uh, I hope we get to do it again sometime. Yeah, me too. Thank you. All right. All right. Thanks everybody for listening and I will see you next time. Cybrary, the premier cybersecurity skill development platform, is empowering individuals and teams to secure the future of technology. See why 3 million people have already signed up when you visit www.cybrary.it.